Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, how about you? Oh, I'm living the dream, man, living the dream. So let's take two. I think it sounds a lot better, hey? It does. Okay, good. Yeah, last week's audio wasn't very good. It's it's too bad. You know, you get to the end of it and it's like, oh, no. (laughs) But how's your week been? Two weeks, actually. We didn't record last week. that was one of the best shows we ever recorded. Yeah. And leave it to the man. Ruin it. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I was thinking of listening to our intro, Common Sense Masculinity. That Just that masculine, man, that is like a trigger these days, isn't it? You know, they could literally cancel our show just from hearing the first, first like sentence of our intro. Common Sense, cancel. Masculinity, double cancel. So what you been up to? Midget jokes. Uh, reinstate them. That's right. That's right. What you got going on there, Todd? Been, been up to anything in your shop or yard work? Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing at your midget jokes. <laughs> no, um, I, I've been doing some studying, studying, and uh, some research on some couple of things. Uh, oh. Fighting with the U.S. Postal Service. You going postal on them? No. Oh, okay. Um, good. They went postal on me. Oh dear. Uh, got a pit barrel outdoor cooker yesterday. Ooh, like what kind? Like, pit like barrel. The, yeah, the, <laughs> so it's like a big drum, right? Yeah. Have you tried it yet? No, it's still in the box. Um, oh, okay. But I'm going to try it either today or tomorrow. Yeah, those things, uh, like these seem to be getting popular, don't they? Uh, Yeah, and I wasn't going to get one. You know, I saw it and I'm like, you know, that looks kind of interesting because it's not a smoker and it's not necessarily a grill. It's a cooker. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure what that means, but um, then I did a uh, one of my favorite automotive YouTube channels, South Main Auto. He's been using one and he touted it. He's like, I bought this. They ain't paid me nothing, nor will they. But it's great. And, he's, and he, you know, talks about how he uses it. Hmm. Just, you know, go to work. Throw on your pork butt for tonight's dinner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and it's, it really is set it and forget it because the more you open it, the hotter it'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's and then cool. he was talking about if you leave it, if you set it correctly, leave it closed, it runs about 250, 275. I'm like, well, that's perfect. Yeah. For hot that's, smoke, you know. Yeah. It's a nice brisket temperature yep. there. Oh. And so, anyway. So I'm um, like, well, you know, and then they've been running about uh, $400 for the 18 and a half inch, $500 for the 22 inch. And uh, my lovely coffee assistant found one at a new unopened at a, I don't want to say a thrift store because it's not, it's like a resale store. Yeah. Yeah. For two seventy nine. Oh wow. I'm like, oh yes. Hot deals. That's cool. I got. I'm, I'm excited to hear how it works because 
Um, you know, you were seeing that YouTube channel, Cowboy Kent Rollins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, i seen, he doesn't use one all the time, but he was doing, I saw him using one. I'm like, what the heck is that? And the one he was using was a homemade jobby. Yeah. And then I, st- I started looking at it like that pit barrel cooker. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, this looks cool. Man, Dill, Todd, now I'm going to have to buy something else. <laughs> well, see, Thanks a lot. But, uh, Kent probably hasn't used his in a while on camera. Now that he's in a uh, business relationship with a grill or a smoker manufacturer. Oh, is he? Yeah. And uh, and he's selling like um, cooker uh, smokers at Viking range prices. <laughs> oh really? Oh god! Huh. Um, the first run of them was like eight grand. I'm like, uh, no, Whoa. that's way out of my price. Yeah, that's not so. But I mean, you can buy it, and it does everything from. On top of the stove cooking, because mm. really hot surface on one end, you can move it around uh, yeah. to smoking to grilling. You know, it does everything. Yeah. You know what? I have a hankering to build, and it's only because I have room. I want to build one of those big, huge smokers, the kind that's and that's a trailer. You know, like ten yeah. foot long. You just get a big, huge steel pipe, cut it in half, and like. I don't know the ins and outs and usually have like a firebox and then go through, but the kind of thing where you could do it and then bring it to it like a the church parking lot and feed like 500 people. I think that'd be so fun to build and, and to have not that I would ever really need to feed that many people, but like I got room for it. <laughs> yeah. Be cool. and I mean, and now you can, you know, build one and take it to uh lodge meetings. There you go. Every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. Have a big oh. cookout. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They could, uh, so it's a dirt, certain, uh, one of the chairs, junior warden, senior warden, I forget, that is responsible for the, uh, they call it the festive board, which is the meal before. And um, so basically that kind of rotates. So yeah, maybe if I get this sucker built up, then when it's my year to do it, uh, yeah. And they can, like, some guys will cook their, like they'll, like last time, last meeting we had like, chili and it's actually really good like chili nachos and you know sour cream cheese and all that stuff kind of like and then sometimes they'll just get subway or sometimes they'll we'll do barbecue or something like that but yeah i should do that just up the game like way up there you know <laughs> like we're not letting you move chairs you're you're the cook from now on <laughs> yeah that'd be fun yeah let's go out me. there and <laughs> A bunch of brisket. Yeah. And then look at the guy, the last guy who brought cold ham sandwiches. Just tip your head. Like, how do you like me now? That's right. Yeah. Well, they brought, uh, (laughs) one time they brought KFC. uh, Because, you know, Colonel Sanders was a Freemason. I I had heard that, but I never knew anybody who had, you know, served with him. Yeah. No, like the, uh, I think you got a lot better information, more accurate information once you're in the lodge. And so they always said, well, thanks to a brother for, for preparing this food for us. <laughs> My yeah. uncle used to tell me about, you know, more famous people that were Masons that, uh, it wasn't really public. And I'm like, yeah, well, pretty cool. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't under didn't appreciate it when I was like nine, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, 
It's good. I, I enjoy it. But I would rather have my president be a Freemason than uh, uh, a member of Epstein's Frequent Flyer Club. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, hey? And that, that's weird. Yeah. You know, so it's funny. Um, like, there's so much misinformation about Freemasons. And um, once you're in it, it's like, wait a minute, why why is this a secret? Like, they'll tell you one of the secrets and they teach you the secrets. It's like, this is a secret. Why? Like, and, and then I, I guess when you kind of think about the fact that they wanted to keep it, um, you know, originally the, the Freemasons started as actual Masons, you know, they're practicing Masons. Now this is, <clears throat> I don't want to interrupt, but as somebody who's not one mm-hmm. yet, um, it's something that I've understood for a very long time, even though I don't know any of the secrets. Mm-hmm. But I understand how they started. And I started my professional, like, getting a job career yep. in concrete, in bricklaying, mm. right? Yep. And so my uncle was telling me a little bit about how those two things uh, coincide from back in the day. And he's like, Secrets aren't secrets generally because they're earth shattering. Mm-hmm. Secrets are secrets to uh, aren't even there to maintain a sense of mystery. It's to uh, uh, not protect isn't really the word I'm looking for. It's the only one I got right now. Protect your ability to keep your profession yours. Mm-hmm. If no one knows how to lay a brick, then I'm the only one that can do it. Mm-hmm. Even though there's nothing, there's no rocket science to it, mm-hmm. you know? And but it, anyway. it, yeah, and it wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily the way I understand it. I mean, you watch a guy lay a brick and you can figure it out, right? Um, Except his recipe for mortar and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. And then also like the skill set too, like there's certain bricklayers that would do you know, certain parts of it and then more complicated parts, you need somebody that's more skilled. And especially, you know, when you get into the shapes and you're cutting the bricks and stuff like that, I mean, it has to be structurally sound, but they would make domed archways out of brick, you know? And so because they didn't have paper and, you know, a way to prove like it's, it wasn't, it is an apprenticeship. So, you know, like when I'm a millwright, I'm a first year, second year, third year, fourth year, and you've got your three degrees in, in Freemasonry. Um, the way to prove says, say, if I finish a job up here and I can travel, because Freemasons were free, they could travel around. Most people were agriculture in that time and they couldn't travel around. And um, I go to a new, they're building a new temple or a new palace or something. And I want a job. They say, okay, what's your skill level? And then I will show him my secrets. And he would obviously be a master Mason because he was in charge of it. And then I can prove at which level of skill that I'm at. And that's where all the secrets came from. And so it was actually like a practical way saying, hey, yeah, I'm a fourth year millwright. Here's a secret handshake for that. It was just like that. Now they just continue it going. And then they've just adapted lessons of like morality and virtue to the the trade of Freemasonry. And that's literally all it is. And it is, it is phenomenal. You know, people... So many people think it's a cult, and I I can see that because it's a little different, you know. Um, but 
like when I listen to the the lessons and 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 you go to lodge and stuff, I'm like, man, I wish I wish churches put this much emphasis on building up the character of men, like exclusively men, because that's I, I think that's what the world needs more than anything right now is men to stand up, and be men, and Freemasonry is just I, I mean, and it, it's it's funny because it's not like. Uh, it's not a religion. It's, you know, you could go into lodge and do all this stuff and then just walk out and be completely different. But the idea is that if you're a Freemason, you are doing your best and you're trying to be the best person you can, right? And I don't know, it's just, it's phenomenal. I think it is such an, uh, a great thing. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm excited that you got, you're, you're on the process to get in. Think you're gonna yeah, like I'm, it. I'm excited. Yeah. Good times, man. Good times. <clears throat> but yeah, what uh, what have else been going on? Anything else? Like in your shop or anything like that? Not still waiting on. Uh, been two full weeks today. Haven't heard boo from the Kubota dealer about my stupid zero turn. Oh wow, that's annoying, hey? Well, they're a holes anyway. Yeah, yeah. They're just the only one here, so. I, and I hate people like that. Yeah, I know. Um, it's like they're pretending to be a John dealer dealer for Christ's sake. <laughs> just expensive a holes for yeah. no apparent reason. Hmm. Um. And the uh, when I was looking to buy a tractor when when I first moved here, the. John Deere dealer in Cookville. Yeah, he didn't really like me very much. Why is that? Went in, and it's a mini dealer. They deal mostly in garden equipment. Oh, okay. And uh, compact tractors, and the one in Crossville is more agricultural. And when I finally went up to Crossville, they, uh, I said the same thing, so same, but they thought it was funny. Uh, Cookville thought I was a, being a jerk. And I was kind of doing both. You know, like, you know, we're the best there is and blah, 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 blah. You know, we're so expensive because it's John Deere and it's worth it. And these things never break. And why do you have a service department? And why is it full? And why do you have yeah. a sign saying there's a four-week wait? Yeah. Because you're so busy. That's funny. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah. Yeah, we did, uh, well, we, I say we, we're getting, we still haven't brought our chickens to our new place because we didn't have a place for them. So on the barn, there's like a lean-to and what we've done is kind of open the back door of that lean-to and then just put like a little chicken wire run and then chicken wire on the inside so they can come inside, go outside. And then while we're at it, we like, oh, let's just clean up this lean-to and, uh, there's a nice John Deere 2130 tractor. I don't know how many horse it is, like probably 50, 60, but it's got a front end loader on it. And it's got like a grapple hook so you can pick up a large hay bale and stuff. And I mean, I spent hundreds of hours on that thing and um, it's not running right now. There's something wrong with the starter relay, but I'm like, I gotta get that sucker fixed up. Cause that, you know, the, the tires on it are, I don't know, maybe five foot in diameter and probably like a foot and a half, two feet wide. One of those, it, you know, it, it looks just like a regular proportion tractor. It's just two wheel drive. 
but it's huge. And I'm like, this is what you need. Like, this is the kind of tractor that could get the Bobcat unstuck if I ever get it stuck or you know, pull someone right out of the ditch with it. So I'd like to, I'd like to get that thing fired up. That's a fun little tractor. I remember we, we bought it at an auction, like that was literally probably two miles down the road, maybe a mile and a half down the road from here when, when we moved here. And, but yeah, it was cool. And then, um, they started like all around the barn. My parents kind of let the grass grow tall because it's just more mowing, right? But, you know, we we're kind of looking. There's some really nice trees. Like there's some really nice tall trees. And then all these little tiny suckers that are like five to six feet. And it just kind of looked janky in there. So we put the, like the, the wood cutting blade on our weed whacker. We got a steel weed whacker and there's like three steel blade knife blades on it, looks like. And uh, then went through and just ripped all that stuff up and... Then they took the old uh, John Deere zero turns, got a mulching blade and just plowed over. It just did a phenomenal job. And so now it's kind of like a little park. Like there's little trees here, like, like, you know, 20 foot tall tree here, 20 foot tall tree there. And we got all this area mowed and it looks really nice. And it's like, man, it looks like there should be a gazebo here. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of fun doing stuff around here and trying to make it our place you know like make this place our own rather than just hey this was my parents house you know but yeah so that Steph and the kids did that pretty much all day yesterday it took them a long time but in the heat we were like 90 probably 92 degrees yesterday it almost killed us Todd oh I know I, I know it's crazy I hate it yeah uh and then the, you had humidity on top of that I'm like nope I'll be in the house yeah yeah, see, we don't have the humidity. It's not that humid here, but toasty oats. And then we went camping last weekend. We did the, our church. They do the, This is the second time they've done it. They do, like, the central campus. They have, like, a family camp out, so we rent this entire camp. It was a lot of fun, man. It was way more fun than I thought it would be. I, I wasn't looking forward to it. I was like, ugh. So we were staying in a cabin. You can either like you can bring your RV or a tent, or they've got a whole bunch of cabins you can rent. And I thought, you know what? Just for the hassle, schmassle, like let's just stay in a cabin. And uh, these cabins are great. Like they could sleep, I think, ten or fourteen. So obviously, with just six of us, we had lots of room. And uh, man, it was so fun. It was like crazy. And so, like the the church, they have a guy on. They have a chef on staff. Like our church is like 4,000 people across all the services. So it's a, yeah, I think it's the biggest church in Canada. But um, anyways, they have a chef on staff. And so he did most of the meals, but this camp, the, if you rent their facilities, there's a certain, there's a minimum number of meals that they have to provide for you. And they were terrible. Like just what you think of like a terrible camp putting on food, that's what it was. And it, it took like over an hour for some for them to process everybody through the lineups. And when the church was doing it, it was like 20 minutes. Everybody had their food like uh, and but they had this big cooker. You know what we had one night for supper at camp? We had brisket <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> like this is a OK. You go to a family camp, you expect to just be eating like gross hot dogs, you know. But oh, man, the food was really good, except for the, the two meals that we had to have from the camp. But. Oh, it's cool. It was a lot of fun, man. Good times. Yeah, I used to like camping. Yeah. I mean, I really did. Um, then one day I was like, you know, that uh, Marriott over there is looking mighty good. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's why we went with the cabins because, like, I mean, they they're regular full size mattresses, so we're not on like these stupid camp. I still didn't sleep great because it's not my own bed, but and then like the showers were really nice. Like they had you know a big huge shower thing. They're super clean. They cleaned them a few times a day, and I love it because you go out there and you sitting around the campfire, you know, making s'mores with the kids put the kids to bed and then you turn on the hot water and when you go to bed you don't smell like a campfire it's like oh this is what i call camping <laughs> a shower in the morning <laughs> shower at night brisket for dinner <laughs> it was great oh heck yeah yeah a little ice cream stand we got ice cream every day and oh it was fun it was a good time oh and i bought another surly yeah shocking yeah it's exciting right no one saw this coming. No, I know. Out of the out of nowhere, there comes another surly. What was I to do? What was I to do, Todd? I can't just leave it, leave it lonely. No, got to bring it in here with his friends. So I got one. I've been looking. People for have them. a dog or a cat rescue. No, you rescue surlies. Yes, out of the goodness of my heart, I rescue surlies. <laughs> I'm a saint, really. Is kind of what it boils down to. Um, so I've been looking for a long haul trucker for a long time and I had a long haul trucker before and then I sold it cause I just didn't really ride bikes for a couple of years. And they're almost like any Surleys are hard to come across, but the long haul trucker is not one that comes for sale often. And so, you know, I, I check Kijiji every single day for Surleys and I see this trucker deluxe and I'm like, whoa. So anyways, what it is, is I, you, I sent you a picture of it, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, so it's got these stainless steel couplers, and they're called S&S couplers, and it's a, I think it's a trademarked thing, but it's kind of like two crowns that, like, basically like a real splined kind of a crown, rigid, hardened stainless steel, put these things together, and then a collar goes over and tightens it up, and it allows you to take this frame up into two pieces, and so the Trucker Deluxe was designed so that with the everything you can take it apart and it's 26 inch wheels normally the long haul trucker in my size had 700 c but you can take the wheels off you know take the handle the, the handlebar out undo the frame and it fits in a standard size airline luggage and it comes with this special suitcase that's like a hard case and it once you have the bike in there there's these support beams you put so that they couldn't ever crush the suitcase and a, a price i couldn't say no to and i'm like this is a long haul trucker, but it's like, it, they only made this one for four years and it's quite desirable. Like I'm looking on uh, like uh, bigger websites like Pink Bike and stuff like that, like like in international classifieds and I can get easily four times more right now than what I paid for this bike. And I'm like, sweet. And interestingly enough, I was doing some image searching and it took me to Flickr and um, there's not a lot of pictures on Flickr that are tagged Trucker Deluxe, Surly Trucker Deluxe. I found pictures of this bike in Malaysia with the guy that I bought it off of. He used to travel for work and he said, oh, I, this was great. I never rented cars. I just took my bike with me everywhere. And uh, he got a per diem. So he says, I made a couple extra bucks and it paid for the bike. And so there's pictures of him like in Malaysia on this bike that I just bought. It's so cool, man. From like, it was like, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago. But so I've got parts coming for it. I've, most of everything I had, like in my parts bin, uh, there's just two things I ordered. Once those come, I'm going to, you know, kind of put it all together, test it out. If I like it, then I'm going to take it all apart and paint it. Because it's pretty, you know, it's been thrown in and out of a suitcase over and over again. 
and it comes with these special frame wrapping tubes. But he says, at the end, I never used it. I'm just like, who cares? So he had uh, two sets of decals, like from Surly. So it's going to be sweet, man. I'm so stoked. So stoked. But yeah, so that makes... My personal Surly collection is at six bicycles now. Oh, wow. I thought it was more than that. No, no. See, people think I'm getting carried away, and I'm I'm not. And then Isaiah has a Surly, so there's seven Surleys in the fam jam. Always room for another, you know. If I see a poor oh, little yeah. Surly on the street corner just shivering in the cold, I'll, you know, I'll figure a place for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not one to throw stones. You still with my pew pew collection. Yeah, this is true. I have a few more than seven. Yeah, I might have yeah. seven in this room. <laughs> America, pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many guns you own? It's uh, north of two hundred. Oh wow, that's pretty good. What's the breakdown between uh, like rifles, carbines, and? Um, Handguns and mostly handguns. No, I'd say it's about 50, 50, 60, 40. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Do you do much shooting on your property there? You know, um, one of the reasons I came here is to do a lot of that and haven't, mm. um, just the priorities changed when I moved and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it did. So, and that might be a couple years down the road, but uh, not right this second. You know, it hasn't been uh, yeah. a big, you know, if I want to go shoot, I go shoot, but I don't do it every day. Um, don't even do it every week. Hmm. I do it enough to, with my carry gun to stay, you know, get yeah, all, yeah. keep all the rust off of it, but yeah. as it were, so yeah. to speak. And you got good, like, you don't have to worry about neighbors. You got good areas where you can shoot and stuff, hey? Yeah, and, I mean, if the neighbors didn't like it, nothing they can do anyway. (laughs) Unless they're, like, whizzing over their back porch. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I have a big, uh, I have an enormous mound of earth I can shoot into, right? Mm -hmm. And then my land drops off, and then I have about eight acres on that side of the drop-off. I can go down there, turn around, and shoot. Yeah. And I'm shooting into a what is basically a cliff. So. Oh wow, that's cool. That's cool, man. Then I would only be shooting in the direction of my own house. Yeah, but that's thirty feet up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Out here we can shoot too. It's kind of nice because, um, like directly west of us, I don't know. I would probably say it's five miles. We can see to the top of this hill, and I know that because I drive it, and it's about five miles away. And there is not a house in, I don't know, I'd say I probably have almost maybe like a 90 degree window. If I'm standing at the barn, you know, I can go 45 degrees to the right, 45 degrees to the left before I'm actually in range of anything. So as long as I shoot straight out there, it's it's great. I'm excited. It's not like I'm, not like I'm shooting crazy guns either. Just plinking with the 22, you know? Oh, speaking of which, that's hunting season here starts in like a couple days. Well, a couple weeks, two weeks. Well, so does winter there, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. 
It's so weird, man. Like this summer's been brutal. Like just hot, and now we're again we're classified as a drought. I guess I just found out we have a fire ban here because we're just back to being too dry. But yeah, no, we need some rain, and then it'd be nice if summer hung around for a while still because it's been a such a hot summer. It's been great. And the uh, almanac calling for a long, cold winter. Is it? Oh yeah. I know that's what people are saying here too. Everybody's like, you go into a place and like, oh, it's so hot, so hot. <clears throat> and then you're like, yeah, I don't want to complain about the heat because it's supposed to be a brutal winter this winter. So that'll be fun. Yeah, the almanac's been wrong the last two years anyway. So Is it? Yeah. I don't, you know, growing up, I used to have the almanac like at arm's reach because I was really interested in this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, have, I still have no idea why, but we listened to the farm report every morning. Hmm. We did nothing with farming. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's but I tell you though. what it did, though. It made me appreciate commodities mm-hmm. and their importance and investing. Yeah, anyway, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm six years old sitting there listening to the, com- the morning farm report on wheat and grain and <laughs> oil prices. and Yeah. But... Always really interested, you know, I would read the almanac and then, you know, follow the weather to see how accurate it was. Yep. And then by the time I was a teenager, I could tell you, based on historical experience, you know, if the almanac says this and it said that three years ago, it was wrong by this percent, you know, so I think this winter is going to be, you know, very mild. And it was. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But now it's you can't even go by that. Yeah. And <laughs> matter of fact, I was listening to a, a about a 12-minute snippet from a very long podcast um, run done by some comedian I've never heard of. Yeah. Who's um he was very well educated, had a job in that field, whatever it was, then became a stand-up, mm-hmm. and now he's not a stand-up anymore. He's doing, uh, he's using his humor and his education to try to um, bring the mysteries of our daily life to to light. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, he had a meteorologist on there, and this meteorologist thought, oh, you're going to make, you know, you're going to be bashing me because we're always wrong. Yeah. No, he's like, hey, that's what people think. You explain your side of it. I'm just sit here and have coffee. And the guy was, you know, he was like, ah, bah, 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 bah. but he uh, did a very good job, you know, because it, it literally is a, you know, a job where you go to work every day and guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's educated guess. You're using technology and, uh, I mean, incredibly uh, complex and expensive uh, simulation software, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you know. So this meteorologist was explaining all of this, and uh, and by saying it all out loud, in the end, he finally just said, "Yeah, God, we do suck." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's yeah. making a joke, but yeah, um, he's like, and it depends on your meteorologist, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it just does because, because maybe there's, uh, 
Because some of it is, uh, I don't want to say intuition, but intuition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know which, um, based on the data you're seeing, all right, which uh, simulation software package does better with these kind of data sets. Yeah. Um, but now this is what the simulation is showing me. Now what's my gut telling me? Yeah. Because before so, all of the software, you know, you had a gut and you had to be a meteorologist. And do they, uh, do they go to school? Like, it, is that like a how long do they go to school to be meteorologist? Or is it like a degree you get? I've never heard. I've never known like anybody that. Do you know? It. <clears throat> he explained it, and it was making my head hurt. So I just forgot. You know. Oh. Yes, there's school involved. And yes, it's part of something else as well. Because hmm. you got to, like, to be on TV or something like that, you also have to go to journalism. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Well, yeah, that makes sense. You kind of go to that type of school, and then you specialize in meteorology. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, there's a huge meteorology school if you are working for, like, the government, the military, things like that. Mm -hmm. And... The I know a guy, he, he lived across the hall from me when I was in the military up in Montana, and he was a meteorologist. He his brain was bigger than his head. I mean, dude was smart. Huh. I mean, incredibly smart. But he was cool too, you know. And he he explained it from you know pencil and paper, because yep. that's what they did. Because uh, they had to use um, up until there were certain level of skill level yep. you had to do it all manual hmm. even though all of these software packages exist right you had to do it all manual until you are all right i would give this weather forecast right now okay now let's use the computers to verify what you said mm. yep. and then a really old you know um higher level, the ranking guy would come along and say, now I'm going to check you both. Mm. And he's, so those people, I think, are really good meteorologists. I think the people you see on TV, working at your local news, just take what they say with a grain of salt. You know, Don't yeah. be bashing them. Yeah, They're they stupid, look at the weather you know? network. The um, weather network on their phone and then just say it to you. Because... Yeah, I mean the the guy, even the head me, I'm the head meteorologist for News Channel Five. So, yeah, you know you're still just getting your um, forecast that you're re spewing. You're right off the teletype, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and out back in D.C., the news channel we watched. There's a a stinger they show. You know where the guys, the meet the head meteorologist is back there with all of the, the the clear, the see-through boards with the weather moving on it, and he's got all of the software running. That's actually the National Weather Service. Yeah, it has nothing to do with their news station. Yeah, that's and they only funny. know it because I've been to right where he was. Hmm. Um, I'm like, that's not no, stop! You're misleading people. Hmm. You went there and filmed the commercial. Stop it. That's funny. But 
I, you know, and my father-in-law just hates meteorologists. It's the only job where you can go and guess and be wrong and still get paid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah we've all heard it before. I know. My kids are like, but it was supposed to be this and this today. And I was like, well, that's why you just never trust what the meteorologists say. And like, we can't. I said, no. I said, it's literally the only job where you can be wrong over half the time and never get in trouble for it. And I said, the weather is unlike, I said, people think they're so smart. And it's like, oh, we could predict the weather. Oh, okay, cool. Good luck with that. You know? And the, the most accurate meteorologists I've ever seen were in England and Montana. Because in England, they're like, yeah, it might rain today. And they're, you know, if it, <laughs> it might every day. Yeah. And in Montana, hey, you got a 30% chance of snow today. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. 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 Well, people don't uh, appreciate, well, and I'm sure Montana's not uh, the only place on earth. But it's the only place on earth I've been that did that. Yeah. Where almost every day of the calendar year in history, sometime it snowed. Yeah. And not just, you know, oh, there, look, there's a flake floating in the air. No, no, it snowed. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. And the, the, well, like I said before, the first year I got there, I got there July 30th, uh, 1992. In August 5th, I was walking out of the, from the place I had dinner on on base and it was snowing and I'll snow yeah. August 5th. I'm like, where yeah. in the world have they sent me? Yeah. <laughs> it turns out it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. They sent me. So. Yeah. yeah. I remember we had one year where we had snow every single month of the year. And, uh, even August is generally one of our hotter months. And we were at the rodeo, uh, Steph and I, and, yeah, it starts snowing. Like, we brought a blanket because it was cool. And we thought, it, you know, there's supposed to be maybe some rain. So, like, okay. So, we had, like, a big, big, like, quilt. And, and then all of a sudden, it's, like, snowing. And we're like, you kidding me? And we were dressed for it. Like, we were in jeans. And we had, like, sweaters on. And like, it wasn't a short and t-shirt kind of a day. And uh, it was actually, like, starting to accumulate. Like, not inches or anything. But there's, like, you'd stand up and actually go. And you'd, like, blow a bunch of snow off of your, off your blanket. It was crazy. But. Not so this year. This year's been phenomenal for weather. Little, little on the hot side, but it's still good. I apologize, my voice. So when we uh, we were at this family camp with our church, and they had four different teams for these different activities and stuff, and you're with your team all weekend, and then they always want everybody to cheer, and uh, I can yell very, very loudly. Like, I don't know. Everybody says I was the loudest yeller there, and I, I'm i yet to meet somebody who can yell louder than me, but it just takes its toll on my throat. You know, I yell loud five times, and my voice is just gone. You should have just taken your megaphone. I know. I'm, I know. So the, the one, <laughs> one of the, the pastors who's kind of the one, you know, kind of corralling everyone, he'd announce, okay, we're going to have dinner in like half an hour. He had a megaphone. But it was smaller than mine, and it wasn't as loud as mine. And so I thought, next year I'm bringing my megaphone. And then he'd be like, we'll let you know if there's seconds, because everybody goes through the lineup for food, and then some people want more. I, I don't know why you want more. They, they were generous. Like, I'm a big eater, and I didn't ever need seconds. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling full. This is good. But uh, he would always say, we'll let you know if there's seconds. But he never, ever announced that there were. 
And so then I think I'll bring my megaphone and be like, <laughs> Wayne, are there seconds yet? And I'll just yell back to him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to bring my next year. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty cool. sure. It, and our listeners that have listened for a while know that we were very conscious about making an effort of having good equipment, good sound quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not so much on the um, content, but, you know, on the yeah. actual technology. You know, we were very conscientious. Yeah, well, that's all um, that matters. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it sounds good, doesn't matter what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, you, you buy great expensive golf clubs, you're a good golfer. That's how everything works in life. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Microphone. You familiar with the RE20s? No. RE20? Yeah, they're Electro Voice RE20 broadcast. Uh, it's what a lot, if not most, like professional radio broadcasters and uh, serious, I don't want to say serious podcasters. These are serious podcasters, don't use them, but um, they're like the uppity, uppity. Pro microphones. Oh, okay. And they're only like you know they're only like five hundred dollars a piece. Huh. Four fifty. Oh, okay. I just wonder if you heard of them. I haven't. Um. Yeah. No. I just looked. Just googleized it. <laughs> a guy watched. Um. Somebody commented, "You need a new microphone. You sound like poop." But that's not what he said. Who's who on what? Uh, on a YouTube. Oh, okay. All right, and but he also records as an audio podcast. Every video he makes is a podcast. Anyway, this guy says, you sound like poop. And Steve just went off. He's like, you have no idea what he you're talking Todd. about. Oh, dear. This is the, you know, and he had done. Uh, oh, dear. Well, we seem to have lost Jeremy. Thank you, Squadcast. And it was right here that uh, our connection died. So my apologies. Technology is only as good as it can be sometimes. I think it's my internet problem, but uh, I couldn't get a hold of Todd and I couldn't get the internet working after that. So thanks for listening to this episode and uh, we'll see you in the next one.